When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just remember Honky like walking by in a spotlight. He had a sausage wrapped in a piece of prime rib. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Well, if signing day represents the starting line for in-use hype train every year, then draft night must be the scene of the derailment. As Mac has said many times before, we can get all the four stars we want coming to Lincoln, but until their names start getting called on weekends like this, it won't matter. That's the truth, Honk. I'm also with Mac. What's up, Redcasters? It's good to be talking to you all again. Um, I don't really have much else than that. It's been a quarantine, guys. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> 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 I'm also with Boomer. Well, I'd just like to say, I know it's been a while since we've talked, but the Redcast FPI is still maintaining a quality win projection for next season. That's right. Opposed to the ESPN FPI, who's dropped us to 40th and uh, is telling us that we may go 6-6. Six and six. But the heck with you guys. I think we're going to have a hell of a season next year, as long as it gets played, right? Mm-hmm. The most important thing is that we play football and, you know, Honky... Uh, I, I heard Brett McMurphy had an article on Stadium. Brett's always the most reliable source of all information. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he did a very thorough survey, actually, of ADs. And 114 out of 130 of the Division One uh, ADs do believe that we will have a football season. So that has to warm your heart, right? Yeah. On Twitter, he's been posting that Idaho is going to definitely have kids on campus in August. And that Missouri was, I mean, so I, I know there's other schools too. I think he's probably been retweeting, but if nothing else, he is, he's hell bent on making sure that we all know any school that still has that desire or is coming out and saying that they're going to have students on campus in, in August. He's making sure that you know it. So he's a good follow right now for anyone that's really wanting to, to hear that information. <laughs> We're always just looking for, for positive news. And right now, uh, Brett is actually trying to, to mine that. So I, I appreciate it. Um, we'll figure out uh, that all in due time, I guess. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, you know, I, I want to give my uh, hats off to to Honky for a couple of really great interviews in the last couple of weeks, uh, given the rest of the Redcast uh, the week off. But he has had interviews with Jim in Minnesota and uh, then Jeffrey the Greek, um, from the Eyes on Big Ten podcast, and both were really solid interviews. you have a good time with that, Honk? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy talking to those guys and, and the other people that we've had chances to to go on and, and talk with because of the show. But I'll tell you, uh, this is the normalcy. This is, for me, to get the four guys together, this is what the Redcast is all about. So I love doing those other shows, and it's a ton of fun to get other guys' opinions and, and everything. But uh, this is uh, this is the Redcast here. Yeah, absolutely, Honk. I, I I missed it, to be honest with you, and I'm I'm glad we get to do it. You know, I was talking to Iowa Sean, my neighbor, and uh I mean he like unsolicitedly like peeks over my fence and's like, 
hey, Dave, did you, did you hear Honky's interview with Jeffrey the Greek? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it was really good. And he's like, man, that guy really held his own versus uh, former Iowa player, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that's, that's the highest praise right there is an Iowa fan telling me that uh, Honky, the biggest Husker fan possible, did a great job with, with another Iowa fan, uh, Jeffrey the Greek. So um, if you have not had a chance to listen to that um, or the Jim in Minnesota interviews, please go ahead and do so. It's a lot of fun. Great way to distract yourself from all the craziness that uh, surrounds us these days. Um, and speaking of distractions, um, we're going to have a distraction tonight. We are recording on uh, the first round of the NFL draft, uh, having a good time watching something of consequence out there besides uh, Disney movies with my four-year-old daughter. And um, it's good to see uh, something actually happening in the real world. I'm a Broncos fan. I'm pleased with Jerry Judy going in the first round of the Broncos. Let's see here really quick. Mac, you just saw Jordan Love go to the pack. How are you feeling about that? That's kind of an interesting pick. Maybe a a bit of a message to to A-Rod. Who knows? I mean... Maybe he now he knows how that feels to uh, to Brett Favre, you know, when that happened all those years ago. But I don't know. Um, That's true. It, to me, that seems like a little unnecessary. I don't know. He doesn't seem like a future guy to me. So I would have went with a different route, but whatever. Yeah, I hear you. Boomer, uh, you're a Seahawks fan. Who, who'd you get? Uh, they just drafted a linebacker from Texas Tech, Jordan Brooks. So they, they do need some help on... Uh you know, pass rush and getting some pressure on opposing quarterbacks. They need offensive line help. You know, just they they got some work to do yet. And hockey, who did the Oilers take? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask. Uh, <laughs> they are still defunct, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also, uh, at least for a short time period, uh, took the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How are they doing in their off season? You know, I I've, I've been a watcher of the Mass Singer on Fox, and <laughs> Gronk was the White Tiger or something or big fluffy lion. I can't remember what it was, but he was one of the singers on it. Tiger King or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He was terrible. He was a horrible singer. But Land cow. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but you know, Oilers actually one thing about them, Dave, uh, one of the guys that we've been talking with a lot on uh, Twitter is paper stadiums. The guy that oh, yeah. makes all these stadiums started by doing the Husker one. It's amazing. Amazing. And he did one with the Astrodome and it was really awesome one. And then he makes like a like a roof that can pull off of it. And then he made it to be a baseball stadium. And then he could move the seats around and made it a football stadium. Then he did something with WrestleMania boomer. I think you'd like this because, Oh my gosh, it was it Steve Austin. I don't know. Who's the guy that drinks beer and like, sounds like Steve Austin. Yeah. You're stone cold. Steve Austin is what you're going for. There, okay. Like he said, tweeted yeah. at him something about, yeah, Hey, cool. Cause he made a WrestleMania paper stadium inside of Astrodome. It was sweet. And it had the Oilers on it. That's what got me thinking about it. Yeah, paper state. I don't even know how he does that. I really can't even conceive that from an engineering standpoint. Uh, so uh, kudos to that entire effort. And it, it, it's a good follow. So mm-hmm. good point there, Honk. You know, since it's the NFL draft, I thought it would be fun uh, to talk about Huskers in the NFL draft. The history of Nebraska football uh, transitioning from the college game to the pro game. And uh, maybe walk us through the decades, um, maybe relatively quickly at first, but maybe hopefully dive into some greater detail in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and and beyond, essentially. Because there's been a a long and glorious history of Huskers drafted in the NFL. And uh, I'll start with Boomer here and go way back to the first Husker drafted in the NFL 
Boomer, that was Sam Francis. Is that correct? Uh, actually, no, Dave, that is not correct. People always say that, but uh, no, Sam Francis was not the first Husker drafted in the NFL. He was the first first-rounder drafted in the NFL back in 1937, but we actually did have a uh, person drafted in the 1936 NFL draft. Can anyone name him? Bernie Shear. Correct, and who was he drafted by? I think it was Green Bay. Very good, Hunky. All right, so you win... Tell him what he's won, Jerry. <laughs> I want to be clear to the, every Redcaster listening. Hockey literally just pulled that out. We did not talk about that at all before we started recording, and he just knew yeah, that. It's, it's so. Sometimes it's hard to believe that, but that's an absolute fact. He's not looking at anything. He walks around like this. It's, you know. Wow. Usually I don't call it on him, but, I mean, he must be right on this one since Boomer knows it. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he was drafted in the third round, number seven overall pick. Uh, 25th overall in the draft, so it tells you how small the actual NFL was back in the day. That is true. That's Redcast Rob chiming in. Thanks, Redcast Rob. That's interesting. So our first pick was uh, in 36, right, Boomer? Correct, yeah, 36. Bernie Shearer, he was an end, played for Green Bay. What, what was the first year of the NFL draft? It was, in fact, 1936. It was at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Philadelphia on February 8th, 1936. There we go. NFL draft historian, Redcast Rob, <laughs> helping us out here. I appreciate Fastest that, Fastest Googler on the Redcast. Very good. <laughs> and how many other uh, Huskers went uh, along with Sam Francis in 1937? I think that was a pretty good year, right, Hunk? I mean, I think... So Sam Francis, where did he go to, Boomer? Philadelphia. One of the forgotten names of Husker history, but should not be forgotten. I mean, he's All-American, right? I mean, let's talk about San Francis. Uh, what position did he play and, and et cetera? Well, he was a, a back back then. They didn't quite have the separation between halfbacks, fullbacks, you know, wing, all that stuff. Positions were a lot more limited with what they were called back then. Sure. Yeah, so. No, he was just a, you know, back generally, so. So he'd have been like a duck R? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> okay. He's the Huskar. We've had the Huskar since 30, 36, Mac. <laughs> Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> he would essentially have been a fullback. Back. He finished second in the second Heisman uh, voting ever. Mm-hmm. And now, just here in the last week, he was announced as one of the Nebraska Hall of Fame recipients for this year. So he'll be inducted into the Husker Hall of Fame this year. Wow. That's correct. So that's good. And I'm surprised he's not already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you would have thought he would be. But then again... You know, Baron Von Raschke should be in the Hall of Fame, too, and they haven't done that yet either, so they're still slacking on that end. Yeah, Bill Moose called, like, the grandson or something of Sam Francis and announced it to him over the phone, and that was on video, and they they posted that on Twitter here in the last week, so that's how they they made that announcement. Yeah, and he was also a track and field star, too. He was quite good at, uh, I believe, shot put, I believe, if I remember right. I think he was an Olympian even, wasn't he? I, I think he... Really? Yeah, I think he threw in... The Olympics for shot put. So, yeah, he was he was a quality athlete all around. He placed fourth in the 1936 Summer Olympics in the shot put. That is fast Googling there, Rob. I am impressed. Oh, uh, that's pretty good. We have found a role for Redcast Rob as our research guy. This is excellent. Google Rob. Not only can he sell ad space, he can actually find important information quickly. <laughs> Interesting other little tidbits is that um, he played in the NFL for four years. He was traded to the Bears in 1937. Then the following year played for the Pittsburgh Pirates and then the Brooklyn Dodgers, which were all NFL teams at that time. And then he uh, yes. went and got a master's degree at University of Iowa before serving in the Army in World War II. Were things just easier back then? Because that seems like a lot to do. 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> there was less people, more jobs available. Goodness gracious. I'm like, relax. <laughs> I was excited to go to the grocery store last week, and I was pretty proud of myself. You know, geez, I just squeezed uh, in a Masters. No biggie. <laughs> and that was after serving in war. Right, and, right, know, right. A couple, right, of, couple right. of different sports leagues and going to the Olympics. Because I'm a patriot. Fun, That's fun. Fun follow-up fact is that he was actually the head football coach at Kansas State. Uh, for the 1947 season as well. So if you guys are feeling really bad about yourself, you can now feel worse. Wow. That's a tr- Did he go to the 36 or 40 Olympics? Uh, 36, I think, yeah. Hmm. So he was in Berlin then with the 36 Olympics with Jesse Owens. That is, that is Husker history right there. There you go. So, Boomer, uh, can you uh, maybe highlight some of the other early NFL draft picks that might be of note for our listeners? Well, most of the names aren't going to be super familiar to, to anyone in particular. But uh, along with, uh, you know, Sam Francis in 1937, we also had uh, Lloyd Cardwell and Les McDonald go uh, in the first round. So we had three first round picks in the 1937 uh draft wow yeah showed quite a bit of promise there and uh <laughs> unfortunately as you know time went on that once we get into the 40s that whole world war ii thing put a kibosh on nebraska football as we you know should know from our history here and our draft picks weren't quite as high you know from the 40s on we tended to be in the teens and such for most of that just really quick before we move fully into the 40s with sam francis and that team that had three first round draft picks uh, was that uh, a dana x bible team i'm just trying to think Head coaching era wise. Dana X Bible was the head coach for the Nebraska Cornhuskers from 1929 to 1936. Then Biff Jones was 1937 to 1941. So Dana Bible would have been their coach for the before the 37 draft, because the draft is done in the draft was done in February, meaning that the 36 season had just ended. That's right. Once again, that's another coach that just doesn't get enough credit here at nebraska i mean he was a decent coach here and absolutely we won the. i think the big it would have been the big six then i believe we won it gosh at least seven times or so he had a win percentage of 743 it was a record of 50 and 15 yeah and we never we never even talk about him yeah it's kind of crazy yeah. he's just another one of those forgotten coaches that were really good here at nebraska and we just never think about him never gets brought up and never gets rarely gets mentioned another rant of mine so we'll carry on and that's why i brought it up boomer all right. Well, continuing to the 40s, I was wanted to see, I presume Tom Novak would probably be on that list in the 49 or 50 draft. Is that he right? He was. He was correct. Uh, 1948. And he does hold the uh, distinction of being the uh, latest taken uh, Husker player in, in terms of rounds. So uh, any, any guess what round he was taken? Really? 13th. It's a little different back then, so yeah. Uh, but it's later than that, I don't know, 18th round, I have no idea. Now, technically it was the 32nd round, so quite a Whoa. bit different back then, yeah. He wasn't the latest player taken number-wise, but in terms of rounds, yeah, they <laughs> they had a lot more back then. Less teams, more rounds. Yeah, exactly. Tom Novak was taken that Yeah. Late? Wow. I'm shocked. He was an All-American, both sides of the ball. I, I presumed he would have been a high draft pick. That surprises me. He was drafted, though, I think a couple of times, like a couple of different years. That's certainly possible, yeah, back then. You know, things were a little looser. So. Huh. Mm. There's a couple of guys that back in the day, they'd be drafted, like, multiple seasons. I don't know exact reasons why, but... And they choose to come back or not, essentially, almost like a baseball player? Well, like, Charlie Toogood was drafted both in the 1950 and 1951 draft, so he improved his stock remarkably, going from the 26th round to the third round from 1950 to 1951, so good job there. Same thing with Tom Novak. He actually got drafted in 1950, and he was a fourth rounder then, so... Aha! You can go back and prove your stock. So... That's a really great conversation point in the sense of like 
That's similar to how baseball does it today, where you could get drafted multiple times and choose to come back. It clearly worked in the past where you actually could have gotten entered into the draft or choose to come back. I don't know why it's such a big deal. You have to declare for the draft. If, if you get drafted in a certain position, you can decide to go or you can decide to stay. Yeah, I don't really understand that either. I suppose maybe there's a money aspect of it because, you know, the NCAA is all about the spirit of amateurism and what's best for the student right. athletes. So I think they're maybe concerned Absolutely. about signing with an agent, getting advances, that sort of stuff, and them not getting their fair share of any of the money. So that's probably my guess of why it's such an issue now and it wasn't <laughs> back then, but... All right, Boomer. Well, uh, let's keep on moving through these early decades. Is there any uh, highlight names from the 50s that would be worth noting? Uh, yeah, again, the 50s wasn't exactly glory years for Husker football. Where was Bobby Reynolds drafted? What, what round? Uh, seventh round to the L.A. Rams. Uh, did he have much of an NFL career? I mean, Bobby Reynolds is one of those players who had a explosive debut with Nebraska, and then he had an injury, if I'm not mistaken, and and I'm just wondering if he was able to actually sustain any sort of NFL career there. There's not much about him right now. It just says that he played for the Los Angeles Rams. There's not really a whole lot of stats on him, especially under his Wikipedia page. He is from Grand Island. Good old GI. I don't know. There, There's really not much information about Bobby Reynolds on here. And a lot of this is before they started actually where stats were an actual thing in the NFL. I don't think they started recording stats in the NFL until the – mid to late 60s so you you can't look up a lot of these guys stats prior to that that's definitely true on especially certain categories like sacks weren't recorded until the 80s for goodness sake so yeah and it just it just says a shoulder separation broken leg and a lime in the eye infection slowed him down uh in husker career but it doesn't say anything about his pro career which leads me to believe that he didn't have a very long career at all yeah, he, I know his college career was cut short, and it, his sophomore season that he had with Nebraska, he was as, like an All-American kind of year, and he had, oh, I can't remember the exact number, seven or eight straight 100-yard games. And what I remember was in 94, Phillips beat that record. I think he, he actually ran for like one extra 100-yard game or something to beat Bobby Reynolds' long-standing record at that time. I, I don't know exactly what the number was, but that I remember that happening uh, with LP. It's a good point, Hawk. All right, Boomer. So we're now moving into the Devaney era, and we might start seeing some some names that are a little bit more familiar. Uh, one that maybe comes to mind early to me is Bob Brown. Might have been an early draft pick in the Devaney era. Yeah, he was. Actually, that was going to be my uh, next trivia question to you guys. Is uh, ah. Who was the next uh, first-round pick that the Huskers had? The last one was uh, would have been, I guess, Les McDonald in the 1937 draft. Who was the next uh, person taken in the first round for the Huskers? Well, I'll guess Bob Brown. And what? Uh, when was he taken? That was 1964. He went, I think it was like number two. Correct. Very good. Honky. He's, wow. he's all over this. Was that a high? Yep. I am going to interject here again with another interesting fact on Bob Brown. Bob Brown was also drafted in the first round in the AFL by the Denver Broncos, number four overall. He was also one of the founding members of New Edition. <laughs> <laughs> he is a college football Hall of Famer. He is a pro football Hall of Famer. I will also note he's also not the only uh, Husker taken in the first round that season. Can you name the other one, Honky? No. Can you give me, like, initials? Uh, LV. I'm sure that'll help. Lloyd Voss. Oh, that did help. Wow. All right. Very impressive. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lloyd Voss was also taken in the first round. He went to Green Bay. 
It's a good guess. If you don't know where they're taking from, just guess Green Bay or the Rams. You got a good shot of getting it right. So just be totally. Lloyd right. Voss. So. That's, that's good. What about Bill Thornton and like Pat Fisher would have been guys in that era too, right? The early 60s. Yeah, uh, Bill Thornton would have been early 60s. He went in the fifth round. It, was his nickname Thunder? Is that right? It's uh, one of Devaney's early, early recruits that paid dividends right off the bat there. I think, gosh, did he go on to even be a coach for us? That could be. I want to say he was like an assistant for us. Game of the Century, there's a, a Devaney book that I read where he said Bill Thunder Thornton had <laughs> Willie Harper up against a locker because one play Willie Harper took Jack Mildred, their quarterback, on an option. He takes him, and Mildred pitches it to, oh, God, what's their running back? Owens, probably? Uh, not Owens. Um, oh. Pruitt. Pruitt, yeah, yeah. He pitches it to Pruitt, and it's Pruitt's one big run of the first half. And the rest of the, the game, Mildred's running wild. And, you know, so Harper's doing his job, but he's getting annoyed that this quarterback is cutting up and running for a bunch of yards. So he takes the quarterback one time, he pitches it to Pruitt, and at halftime, Devaney walks into the locker room and, like, Thunder Thornton has him up against a locker with his finger in his face. I may have to look that up just to make sure I'm not saying that wrong. And <laughs> I think it sounds great. <laughs> uh, all right, so um, I mean, Pat Fisher's a name that's out there. That I mean, He definitely had a illustrious NFL career. I don't know where he landed, but he played for the Redskins and played in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. in the early 70s um, against the Dolphins, if I remember right. Well, I will say Pat Fisher, he did get drafted by St. Louis, but it wasn't until the 17th round. So again, he certainly got disrespected there, I guess, for take it for what it is. So maybe it was just a solid year in 61. I don't know. Boomer, uh, so continue. Did Dennis Claridge get drafted? Yeah, he got drafted in 63 as well um, in the third round, actually. And any guess to whom? Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay. Very good. (laughs) So if you guys are looking for more first-round draft picks from the Devaney era, um, in 1972, which would have been his last year as a coach, Jerry Tag, is that how you say it? Uh, Taggy. Jeff Kinney and Larry Jacobson were all drafted in the first round. Oh, yeah. That was the next trivia question there, Rob. Yeah, Jerry Taggy, that's his hometown, was Green Bay. And I guess the trivia question I'll give to you guys is, where was Jeff Kinney from? Grand Island. I don't know. McCook. McCook. Oh, okay, where's Larry Jacobson from? Omaha? I have no idea. I, I can't back any of this teen? Yeah. Like It's like hockey doesn't know the town. <laughs> Omaha? <laughs> is that true, Boomer? I don't know. I'm going to have to find out. No, he is from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Larry Jacobson. There we go. All right, so we are now in the late Devaney era, which is obviously a high point of Husker history. We had three number one draft picks in one year there. Also, Honky, you've already thrown out some other names that probably were drafted quite high. Willie Harper comes to mind. Obviously, Johnny Rogers. Uh, Boomer, is there anybody in particular that stands out on that, that list that was a maybe a surprise on how high or how low they went or where they went to? Well, I'm not, I don't know if you'd call them surprises, but there's, you know, like you'd said, that's a high point of Nebraska football. There were a lot of great names that you could get there. You had Johnny Rogers, you know, Willie Harper, Monty Johnson, uh, Rich Glover was a third round uh, pick in 73. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. yeah, there was just a heck of a lot of talent. You know, even Joel Blaha went to uh, Houston, you know, in the eighth round. So there was a lot of... Just a lot of big names then, a lot of players that's on some quality teams in that era. A lot of native Nebraskans as well actually getting picked there. Very much so, yeah. I would also like to point out that Monte Johnson was also uh, part of those teams and was drafted by the Oakland Raiders. 
Right. Yes, and uh, during the 1973 draft, but he was injured in the 1980 season and never appeared in the Super Bowl versus the Philadelphia Eagles, where the Raiders did win that game. So, did he get a ring at least? I mean, he did get a ring. Okay, Absolutely. that's good. So, so Redcast Rob, originally you're from the the Bay Area, correct? Correct. Yeah, I'm, I was born in Petaluma, California, which is about 40 miles north of uh, San Francisco. Uh, if you take the Golden Gate Bridge up the 101, it's also um, the gateway to the wine country, we'll call it, and home of Lagunitas beer for those of you out there. Like, there we go. Like our good friend Bill, Bill the Brewer, I think that's what we'll call him. Mm-hmm. He, he's probably familiar with some Lagunitas beer. Yeah, so you're a huge Raiders fan, big Oakland guy. I am. And I guess technically we're kind of in this era now, early 70s, of Dave Hum, who went on to be one of the few you know Nebraska quarterbacks to get drafted. We had Taggy, we had Claridge, but there's Hum, and he went to Oakland. That would have been probably 74 or 5? 75. And Dave Hum is from, and I'll go 1, 2, 3, Las Vegas, Nevada. Dave Hum. Oh, of course. He Oh, so, of course. Oh, I should, oh I, no, of course I should have known that because he was a huge recruit, and when Bear Bryant tried to get him to come out to Alabama, he brought Joe Namath with him to Vegas, and Devaney even talked about like when they were recruiting Hum, how he was such a big recruit because he was good, but also because every coach in the nation wanted to go to Vegas and recruit <laughs> him and just have fun. You know, That's I mean? funny. Yeah, and so that's a little bit of irony because this will be now the first year of the Las Vegas Raiders, and he was recruited or drafted by the Oakland Raiders back in the 70s. I imagine that another quarterback that was drafted in the 70s is Vince Ferragamo, right, Boomer? Yes, he was drafted in uh, 77 by uh, your Los Angeles Rams, so definitely uh, a, a name there that we should know. Yep. Uh, you know, this is a great point in the sense that the Osborne offense was not always triple option. This is a huge misconception on the national media that Osborne had run the same offense for his entire 25 years. It's clear by seeing these quarterbacks getting drafted by the NFL in the 70s that he was pr- playing more of a pro-style offense with quarterbacks that, you know, had the, the arm skill and, and talent to play in the NFL. And Vince obviously went on to actually go to the Super Bowl with the Rams. And I would like to mention, uh, in 1976, we had a defensive back taken by the Packers uh, by the name of Jim Burrow. I've heard his son played football. Do you, do you know if he had any interest in ever coming to Nebraska? I don't know. I wonder if that's ever been looked into. Well, you're probably talking about Jamie Burrow, right, who ended up playing for Nebraska as a linebacker, right? Sounds right. Yeah, it's got to be that. I mean, so, I— yeah. I don't think there was any other sons that were from from Jimmy, right, Honky? Uh, none that I know of. Hey, guys. I would just like to butt in here with fun fact. Uh, the LSU Tigers football quarterback this year for the national championship was Joe Burrow, also um, son of Jim Burrow, in case you guys didn't no, know. No, no. He's not related, is he? Really? And he was heavily recruited by Nebraska. Oh, wait. No, he wasn't. I'm sorry. I got that mixed up. So I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Yeah, do you think the media would have pointed this yeah. out before, that, that he <laughs> had some interest in maybe coming here? I don't know. Somehow Ohio State let him go. We're not, we're not here to judge. <laughs> Mac. I don't know how Ohio State let him go. It just seems ridiculous to me. Good point, Mac. Why, he, why he's on the market for us to screw up twice. Why does nobody talk about that? So, Boomer, before we leave the 70s, uh, what type of success did Nebraska running backs have in getting drafted? You mentioned Jeff Kinney early, but I'm trying to think of the I Am Hips and the Jarvis Redwines and 
Uh, I could imagine hockey. You might think of a, a few other Nebraska. Rick Burns. It's Rick Burns. Great, great call there. Did they have relatively high draft picks? Well, you don't see a, a bunch of them going super high. You had like Bill Olds going in the third round in 73. Uh, you know, Jerry List went. Uh, not a lot of high draft picks. Uh, there are a few scattered here and there, but uh, certainly not a whole lot of, you know, first or second rounders, you know, from the running back perspective in the 70s. I Am Hip was a fourth rounder, you know, and that was 1980 draft. The 70s wasn't a huge putt time for our running backs to get drafted high. By the time I Am Hip and Redwine are going, you're already into the 80s at that point. Yeah, 80, 81, exactly. Well, that kind of turns the corner on the Osborne era where we go triple option. And we have Turner Gill uh, under center. Mm-hmm. And we had a very good center to start there with Dave Remington and, and also some very talented uh, skill position players with Irving Fryer, not only Mike Rogier, but also Roger Craig and Tom yeah. Rathman. I mean, so Boomer, this has got to be a, a glory era of uh, Nebraska draft picks, right? Yeah, 1980 on is when you start seeing a whole bunch of people taken in the you know first couple of rounds. Um, who was the uh, first player taken in the first round in from 1980 on? What about I'm thinking uh, Jimmy Williams maybe or something like that. I'm trying to think of a tight end or Junior Miller. Junior Miller. Junior Miller. Correct. Yeah, he went first round in 1980 to the Atlanta Falcons. You know, uh, Mo Sislak from the Simpsons' favorite team. So very good. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy Williams went in at 82, also in the first round. He was the next first-round pick we had. But, yeah, you start seeing a lot of first- and second-round you know, picks in, in in the 80s. So, yeah, talent definitely picked up. The NFL started taking notice. and So let's pause there for just one second, Boomer. Let me ask Mac in, in hockey there just a question of, like, it's interesting that you see that, that Osborne had a bit of a lag in NFL draft picks after the Devaney era especially in our skill position guys. But then in the very late 70s to early 80s, you started to see that tick upwards with with higher draft picks. Does that tell you anything, I guess, with the talent or maybe the development that Osborne and his staff were getting there once Nebraska's seasons also started to even get better? You know, I am hip and Jarvis Redwine. I mean, those are two legendary backs for us. But, I mean, when you really start to see the explosive offenses come around, that is where I start to think about, like, the the 82 and 83 seasons. You know, 83 gets all the credit and the praise and the scoring explosion. But think of that 82 offense. To have all those same guys, to have Fryer and and Rozier and Gill, but to have Jamie Williams at tight end who had a long career with the 49ers, to have Roger Craig, to have Dave Remington on that same offense, Remington and Steinkohler next to each other, I mean, that's an insane offense. That 82 team doesn't probably get the the credit or the talk that it deserves because the 83 team that followed it, you know, got so much hype and obviously scored so many points. That's a really good point, Hog. I mean, that 82 team, this is the team that by most accounts outside of Western Pennsylvania got ripped off with a bad call by uh, Penn State uh, officials in a in an early season game, and then ripped off uh, win after win, including an Orange Bowl victory, and and legitimately could have won the national title that year. Correct, and and the next year in the inaugural kickoff classic, got to play that Penn State team again, who was at that point the defending national champion Nittany Lions team, and Nebraska took it out on them, beat them forty four to six. That's the real first Husker football game that I remember from start to finish. I remember everything about it. 
but and I remember the people I'm watching it with. It was my parents and their friends, and they particularly wanted to to get back at Penn State for that '82 game, which everyone in in the state here felt that we were we were cheated. The the guy caught it out of bounds, and then at the very end, the guy trapped a. A catch in the end zone t- for a touchdown, so it was kind of like double jeopardy against us there. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing how everybody could see that happen, and yet Penn State still got the national championship that year, and they got blown up by Alabama in that same season. They had a loss too, and it's they still got voted as national champs. It just, it's just such a weird era back then. It how is. they used to decide things like that. I mean, nowadays. Y- y- You'd have to think voters would take that into account that, yeah, they won the game, quote-unquote, but they still had a bad loss, and they didn't really beat Nebraska. I mean, it's just it's strange how that happens. And I guess SMU yeah. had a tie, I think, that year, and but the checks hadn't cleared entirely at SMU at that point, <laughs> so I don't know if that was legit or not, but take it what you will. Oh, it's good stuff. Yeah, I don't know. That's it's really interesting and, and a forgotten season in some ways in Husker history. Maybe we'll have to do a decade-by-decade decade series here at some point where we can break all this down. So, Boomer, uh, let's take go to the 83 season and that team, and that's a historic NFL and USFL draft, right? Yeah, that be the 84 draft. That team had a lot of high talents. I mean, that's where you have Irving Fryer and Dean Steinkoop and Mike Rozier going, you know, early on. Uh, you had other players, you know, Turner Gill and Mark Schellen, you know, going. That was a lot of talent there. Yeah, you think about it. There's only been two wide receivers in the modern era of the NFL draft that have gone number one. And uh, Nebraska has a connection, really, to two of them. Uh, obviously, one of them is Irving Fryer, and the other one is? Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson. That's right, Mac. And what's interesting with that 83 season is that had Rozier actually gone to the NFL and not gone to the USFL, there's a good chance he probably would have gone first. Steinkuhler goes second, of course, to the to the Oilers. And you think about where Turner Gill, a player of his caliber, would have gone had the NFL at that time really been drafting black quarterbacks, and they weren't. It was clearly a first-round draft pick. I mean, if in any other normal situation, Turner Gill ended up fourth in the uh, Heisman to Rozier the year that he won it. Refresh my memory a little bit here on this. So Rozier gets drafted number one in the USFL. Was that draft before the NFL, or did he just make it clear to the NFL that he was going to go to the USFL, and that then prompted Irving Fryer to go number one in the NFL? Yeah, geez, this is getting a little bit out of my memory here with, with how exactly the time frame worked, but the USFL, they played, if I remember right, didn't they play like during the spring? In the spring, yeah. yeah. So he was all, he pretty much went straight from playing for us to playing – for Jacksonville Maulers or something. I can't remember. Pittsburgh Maulers. Yeah, the, the, the Jacksonville Bulls. Is USFL's draft was like was in early January. So, yeah, they, they drafted very early in the year to kind of get things rolling. So the, their draft was in January. I yeah. see. He also played for the Houston Oilers, yes. in case I, you didn't know. I know that, Rob. Thank you. <laughs> and the Atlanta Falcons. I will say uh, Irving Fryer was also drafted in the uh, USL, USFL draft. He went third. Anyone know it to which team? New Jersey Generals. I don't know. <laughs> it's the only one. No, we were looking for the Chicago Blitz. The, oh, the Blitz. Yeah, so the we're Blitz. all big Chicago yes. Blitz fans. And, uh, Scott uh, Reardon also was drafted by the Philadelphia Stars in that draft as well. So we'll, we were representing the USFL, too. All right. Well, so uh, moving forward in the 80s, which is a, a, a really a draft-rich era, I would imagine, Boomer, we had to have quite a few offensive and defensive linemen uh, chosen in the mid-80s. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, defensive players like Broderick Thomas. 
Oh yeah, you had Broderick Thomas, Neil Smith, uh, Danny Noonan. Noonan. Oh yeah, Noonan you know, was him going. Yeah, yeah nose going. tackle. And we had second, and third round picks going to again. Yeah, we were able to put quite a few linemen, you know, in the NFL at that point as well. Yeah, Danny Noonan going to Noonan Cowboys. Uh, Neil Smith with the Chiefs. Yep. Broderick Thomas, of course, to my. My Tampa Bay Buccaneers at that time. <laughs> That's right. When That's they were right. wearing the... Yeah, I was going to say, were they in the uh, creamsicle uh, oh, yeah. uniforms then? Which they really need to bring back. I mean, Tampa, what are you doing? I mean, embrace what you are. That would be perfect for Brady to go out wearing that creamsicle orange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be beautiful. Oh, man. If we have any Buccaneers fans listening, please, you know, make some calls. Where did Rathman end up going in the draft? Obviously, he went to the Niners. Which round or which? Uh, he was a third round pick, fifty uh, sixth. He played for the uh, Raiders for a while too, didn't he? Um, yeah, at one point he did play for the Raiders. Tom Rathman, man, his NFL career is, is has been way underrated. Uh, like Al, in classic Al Davis fashion, um, he likes to take some of the better players from the from the Niners and, and bring them over. You said underrated, and there's a guy I think of, and Dave out there in Denver, Mark Mumford was one of my favorite sure. linebackers back in the mid '80s. He was kind of like. The poor man's Carl Mecklenburg. Can I say that? <laughs> you can say that, but people are often called that. Yes, so. uh, Mecklenburg is an absolute legend. You go to a Broncos game here, you will see Mecklenburg jerseys guaranteed. Well, we thought as a quarterback, he was a poor man's Neil Lomax. That's kind of where you're going here. <laughs> Ow! That, that hurts, Boomer. That hurts. Uh, other, what about secondary players here? I, I'm probably getting into the early nineties, but I'm thinking of Bruce Pickens and, um, Curtis Cotton, uh, those type of guys. Well, Bruce Pickens, that is early nineties for sure. And that's the same year where I don't remember what the order was, but it was like third and fourth in the first round went Bruce Pickens and Mike Kroll. Yes, that is very correct. Yeah. Third and fourth. Yep. 91. Yep. And both of them really ended up being long-term bus for concerning where they went. I mean, I, but they both had, I think at least Kroll for sure had a really good like rookie year. I mean, they had good early seasons, but um, just didn't have longevity for whatever reason. Where was Tyrone Hughes at? What, what did he, was he early nineties? I mean, I know he was yeah, yeah, right been at like that. 92 or 93. Okay. In the saints. 93. Yeah. He went to the saints. 93. Was he so? You'll notice Max starting to, to pipe up here now because now we're getting into Max era, the nineties. Yeah, that's right. And Hughes wasn't he like an all pro? He was a hell of a yeah, really good kick returner, really good kick returner. No, he was he was a second team all pro in nineteen ninety three. He made the Pro Bowl okay. in ninety. Yeah, hockey did some uh, like Dana mm-hmm. Brinson is a name that comes to mind. Did he have? He, an he was a Charger. I remember he went to the Chargers and seeing him in the. The powder blue, or is it powder? Yeah. Everything's powder to me. I was I was going to call Tampa Bay powder orange earlier, and yeah. that's probably not right. Okay. No, powder blue <laughs> is correct, though. What about Boomer? Maybe help me out. We have some really good Nebraska Ibacks here. I'm thinking uh, Ken Clark, Keith Jones. Yeah, Ken Clark goes to the Colts. I remember. Colts, I remember that, yep. Yeah, and Keith Jones was to the Rams in oh. 88-ish. Yep, that sounds right. Keith Enzone Jones. What a... Great nickname that was. Derek Brown would go to the Saints. Um, yep. Uh, Calvin Jones yep. to the Raiders. I'm sorry. Would you say that? If you could please say that, the Raiders. No. 
we go on that. I can't remember which one it was. When we were at a, a high school function, one of our teachers convinced you that it was either Derek Brown or Kelvin Jones had <laughs> yeah. his eye popped out during a game. Yeah. Do, uh, do you remember that? Legendary <laughs> uh, coach at SCOTUS, Jim Pitts. Uh, we were on some student council trip, and I was a freshman. You were on student council? Hold on, wait a second. Hunky was on student council? I was, I was a very good campaigner. He, he's a voice of the people here, Dave. So... It must have been 91. Uh, Calvin Jones runs for like 290 yards against Kansas. And so it's his breakout Kansas, game. Yeah. That's and right. I don't get to watch it because I'm stuck in Kearney at some stupid student council thing I didn't want to be at. And I'm trying to kind of listen to it on the radio as much as I could sneak out and do it. And I think Jim Pitts told me, he's like, yeah, the guy, Derek Brown, his eyeball popped out. And I'm like, what? That sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> hook, line, and sinker, man. I mean, it was not even... That's right out of uh, yeah. any given Sunday, right? So so then early 90s, before we got to the championships, there was a, a, a really robust Husker draft run there, right? I and mean, we had a lot of players in the late 80s and early 90s. Johnny Mitchell, Trev Alberts. Johnny Mitchell's a great tight end. It's just interesting that, I mean... We we had very good teams, top ten teams, teams that were were competing for conference and even national titles. You know, the eighty seven team was one versus two versus Oklahoma, but we also were losing every single bowl game mm-hmm. during that era as well. So um a lot of talent being developed, recruited, developed, and then drafted out of Nebraska to, during that era, but they were not resulting in teams that could win bowl games and ultimately you know, compete for a, a title at the end of the year. Now that started obviously changing by the 93 season. So let's talk about the glory era of the 90s. And maybe uh, we're going to know all the names that were drafted, but maybe maybe Boomer, if you could take a, a deep cut on some guys that got drafted in that era that we may not imme- immediately think of. Lance Lundberg comes to mind. I mean, yeah. Lumpy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, went, he actually was drafted in seventh round by the New Orleans Saints. I mean, yeah, most of the names are people everybody knows, you know, from Trev Alberts going in the first round in 94. I know the entire 94 draft. Please. Yeah. I, I memorized it. Go ahead. So you have Trev Alberts. He goes first round to the Colts. Uh, second round, Toby Wright, Javen's dad, goes to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Calvin Jones would go third round to the Raiders. You said that wrong. <laughs> the Raiders, whatever. <laughs> the Raiders. John Reese, a cornerback, uh, converted to a safety. He went to the Cardinals, and okay, now I'm lying, fourth or fifth round. And then Lumberg went late, probably like ninth round or something to the Saints. So I didn't quite memorize it. John Reese went in the fourth round and Lundberg went in the seventh. So you were actually really okay. close on that one. And which Cardinals were they at that point? Were they St. Louis or Arizona? Arizona in about 90... I would say Arizona by then, oh. I think. 94? The Phoenix. They were Arizona at that time. And, and I do know this because one Jay Novacek actually had played for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals and played one season for the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, Jay Novacek, number 38 all-time in the Nebraska uh, Athlete Hall of Fame. And uh, then after that season, he went to uh, 
the Dallas Cowboys, but um, they were the Arizona Cardinals at that time. And you care about Jay Novacek because... Well, it's a little-known fact that I am uh, Jay Novacek's second cousin. Little-known fact, except for anyone who talks to Rob about Husker football. Anyone who's <laughs> known me for the last 35 years. That's right. <laughs> I knew Rob for three seconds. He shook my hand. He, he almost called himself Jay Novacek. He's like, hi, I'm Jay Novacek. Damn glad to meet you. I did, and, and, I'm, and I'm kind of ashamed to say it, but for uh, a majority of the uh, like early to mid or late 90s, I was actually a... Uh, I'm putting air quotes up here, but a Cowboys fan. But really, I was a um, Jane Novacek fan. And um, I also happened to go to Sonoma State University, where I was um, friends with uh, one Larry Allen, who is a... Um, offensive lineman who happened to make the hall of fame a couple years ago or a few years ago. And, um, and they both played for that team. So I, I rooted for them quite a bit while holding on to my Raider fandom. I did cheer on the Cowboys and folks, we all know Redcast Rob is a name dropper. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. If you hear a thump, it's so, so a name drop. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. You know, we've got a, an immense amount of talent on those 94 and 95 teams. Uh, just ballpark, Mac. I'll, I'll ask you a, a trivia question. Boomer should have the answer. Is uh, how many players were drafted off of the the ninety four or ninety five teams? And hockey, I'll have an even harder question for you. I'd say t- ten or twelve, somewhere in that range total, probably. And, and hockey, how many players off the Nebraska roster ninety four ninety five? were walk-ons that got drafted. Well, Tomich would have been 96. Well, I, I said the 94 or 95 team, so oh, that could okay. include a 96 so draft. Yeah, you'd have Tomich. John Hess, I think, was a middle linebacker. Good call. I don't know. Yeah, Tomich would have been the big one. Yeah. It's amazing that Tomich was a was a walk-on. That Well, that really was, the, I think, the academic issues that they had back then. That was kind of the, whatever, that Prop 48 or whatever you want to call oh, it, yeah. I think. If I, if I remember yeah. correctly with him. Right, right. All right, Boomer. Uh, other names you want to throw out there on on the the mid nineties? Yeah, so you got your you know your Michael Booker's, your Grant Winstrom's, Jason Peters, some guy named Scott Frost might be how you pronounce that. I don't know. Could be a long O. I don't know. Hockey and Mac. Who would you say had the best NFL career out of that era of Husker players? I would go with probably either Winstrom or Green. Amon had it. I mean, he's I, yep. He's a all time leading rusher for the Packers, and Winstrom has a Super Bowl. Actually, they both have Super Bowls, so those are pretty good careers, those two. I'm trying to think who else would even be above that. If you're going Canadian League, bear in mind. Or Darren Diedrich. Yeah, it depends how far back we're going in that 90s. I mean, obviously, Will Shields and what he did. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, good I mean, point. That, you know, that guy, that that's unreal what he did. NFL Hall of Fame and Man of the Year and like 12 straight Pro Bowls. It was pretty ridiculous. How about Corey Schlesinger? I mean, Schlesinger had 10 or Decade so. Decade or more, yeah. Years they're playing there. You know, Brendan Stye had a long career. Zach Wiegert had a pretty decent career. Yeah, I was going to say, Zach Wiegert, he seemed to be there forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, good grief. I mean, it, yeah. it, it was pretty insane. And, and Tyrone Williams, Mac, you're you're a Packer guy, and mm-hmm. Williams had a Yeah, he was. He, he, played a long, he played a long time. Yeah, hockey, what about uh, Perella? 
I mean, he had a long career with the Chargers, right? Mike Minter go. was a pretty good player. I mean, you said Minter. Now I'm just thinking uh, the Panthers, and you got Rucker. That's coming yeah. up. We're not quite into that late '90s yet, but geez. I know. And then you got Mike Brown coming up too for the for <sighs> Eric the Bears. Ralph pretty, Brown. Yeah, Warfield, Warfield with the Chiefs. He was good. Wow. How are you guys not bringing up Lawrence Phillips? I'm so confused. Well, it hurts. I mean, it hurts. It, me. it hurts but <laughs> let's just leave it just to the football field. He didn't have a great pro career. I mean, no. that, it's world as league, as that. world league. He was dominant. Yeah, Barcelona. He was awesome. The but, Dragons. Yeah. I mean, we're talking pro career and what you did in it, and he was a bust from a pure football standpoint. Oh, yeah. he, he was a bust, unfortunately, for being you know, the sixth pick in the first round. Yeah, so much talent. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Boomer, talking about players that era, the, the Peter brothers. Where were they drafted at? Both of them had NFL careers. Uh, Christian Peter was drafted fifth round by your New England Patriots. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, gosh, Jason, he was a first rounder, I think. Yes, wasn't he? with the and Carolina. He went to the Panthers. Panthers. He, went he went to the, to the Panthers. Panthers yep. so, yeah. And when, when Christian got drafted, then that create a whole ruckus in New England because there's some, some stuff that came out on him you know, at the time. And it just, did, yes. Yeah. So I think Parcells yeah. had to get rid of him right away, if I remember correctly. Mm, yep, it was pretty. It's a good trip down memory lane that hopefully the Redcasters are enjoying as well. So we we leave the uh, the nineties and head into the two thousands and the Solich era and beyond. Boomer, uh, anybody that stands out to you in the early two thousands? I'm thinking of guys like Dominic Raiola, for example, that would have been drafted in that era. Oh, you know, again, all these names should be familiar to most listeners here. Uh, you've even got people like, you know, Josh Brown. That's kickers going in there. Good point. Josh and Chris Brown had... Yeah, we left Chris Brown out. He had a pretty good career, too. Yeah, they did. So, uh, who was the uh, first uh, player in the 2000s taken in the first round? It's a honky question. I... Oh, I... <laughs> I know who it is. Finotti? I know. No, it's... It's a guy that ran like a four one nine and went to the oh, Raiders. Maybe in Washington. Fabian. Yes, he went to your Oakland Raiders. So yeah, two thousand five. The man ran into the first round. Right, that's a, that's yeah, a classic did. Al Davis pick right there, and, and it kind of reminds me of of uh, tonight's first round pick and Henry Ruggs the third. Yeah, but With Ruggs. Uh, at least Ruggs can catch the yeah. ball. So um, a lot of people are comparing him to Tyreek Hill. So let's let's hope that that pans out but yeah if if we could just move on from fabian washington i'd appreciate it thank you yeah we'll do that you know another name that i always kind of forget he gets drafted jamal lord actually got mm. picked in the draft houston yes correct yeah houston again so yeah, yeah there you go sixth I, round that so. makes sense in the sense that lord was a great athlete and should never have been a, a quarterback i could see him in different positions. i think he was actually drafted as a safety yeah he sure. was drafted as a safety so, yeah he was he had a lot of talent as an athlete, and we'll also kind of gloss over uh, Richie Incognito's. Uh, oh yeah, I was going to count it. He's with the Raiders right now, and he is playing fantastic. Yeah, he is playing. He's with still the Raiders playing. Right now. He had his probably. Yeah, he he is legitimately unhinged. He had arguably no last year. He had arguably one of his no. best seasons, and he was yes, he may perfectly have, fine. Time bomb. He was. Well, he's had fine. plenty of rest because he keeps getting kicked out for. You know, he a is a time years. bomb. <laughs> I'm name dropping again, Dave. Um, I met him last year for the, before the Bronco <laughs> game in the uh, hotel restaurant because I stay there every year. And he was seriously couldn't have been nicer. He was stopping, taking pictures with everybody, was yeah. super polite. Um, not as big as I expected him to be, which really surprised me. He's not that tall. Yeah. No, he's not tall at all. Um, uh, I, I was actually like, God, I should have been in the NFL. Um, 
But he was seriously, um, if, if anybody could have turned over a new leaf within like a year's time, I believe it's him. Like he was doing prayer at the table and everything. And I don't know if it was a public appearance or whatever, but he would seriously seem like a completely different person than the media and the everything else would have made him out to be. He is a humongous human that can be very dangerous. Like he benches like 500 pounds. The problem with – he's like a pit bull problem with the pit bull is when they decide to have a bad day it's a problem and if ricky when richie has a bad day it is a big time issue that dude is a monster just crazy but yeah when he's good he's good but and i hope it lasts for him because i mean you root for everybody to kind of overcome their demons yeah well i mean people go to the raiders to clean their their image up so i I hope that works (laughs) look i i sensed your dripping sarcasm there but i will say that he did have um arguably uh one of his best seasons last year playing for the raiders he did i wish nothing but the best for the guy that's for sure i often use his incognitus browser so that's (laughs) (laughs) it is a very popular browser good point one of my favorite features i mean i really think he could retire considering he has an entire browser uh, Good, yeah. dedicated to him. Well, to say one of the more positive things you can look at, just kind of in that era of Husker draft picks, you can see how good like our special teams were. It's kind of one of those things we like to hit on here in the Redcast, where you did have you know Chris Brown get drafted, Josh Brown get drafted, uh, Sam uh, Copeland as punter, and uh, you had Alex Henry get drafted as a kicker, and that's something we've hit on you know how many times here lately that we've just been lacking that that quality kicking game that we had for basically. You know, almost a decade you could count on. Didn't Kyle Larson have a pretty good career? Yeah. Yep, that's right. Yeah, he didn't get drafted, but he still had a great career. It's just another one of those things where, you know, we had that, and we I think a lot of people just took it for granted that we were always going to have great kicking. But anyway, another trivia question. Who's the uh, last Husker player taken in the first round? Prince of Makamara. Very good. What, pos- uh, what number? Oh, gosh, he went like 20th. 15th, 20th, 20th. Yeah, pretty good. Nineteenth, very good. Yeah, to to your New York Football Giants. So very good. <laughs> New York Football Giants. He was our last first rounder. He was. Yeah. Boomer. Oh. Uh, to step back a little bit, back into the Callahan era, he obviously had a very highly touted class. That would have been the '05 class, right? I think that was, you know, mm-hmm. a top yeah, five, a Tom Lemming number one type class. How many of those guys ultimately then got drafted in the NFL? Ugh. Was that Zach Bowman, maybe? Bowman and Sue. Sue was in that yeah. class, so Bowman, Sue. Dillard, did he get drafted? Dillard went to the Giants. Yeah, Philip Dillard got drafted. Uh, Larry Asante got yeah. drafted. Yeah. Did he recruit, like, Leiden Murtha and those guys? He uh, did. Matt Slauson? Not in that yeah, class, though. 2010, it was Sue, Dillard, and Asante, and that was it. Was Carl Nix part of the 05 class as a Juco? Because I know he, he was drafted by the Saints. Well, he got drafted in 08, so... Okay, so he probably wasn't part of the 05 class, actually. Probably not technically, no. So, Boomer, you mentioned uh, Prince of Mucamara being our last number one draft pick. I believe that was 20... 20- 2011 or 12 is that 2011 right? correct yeah we had a decent crop in 2011 yeah we had a lot of players taken in that year but uh yeah he was our last first rounder so. sure that that was the peak of the the Pelini talent i suppose and kind of went down the hill from there we probably would have had randy gregory as a number one uh round draft pick uh, if it wasn't for him testing positive for marijuana, I believe. Yeah, is uh, that even really a crime anymore? I don't know. That's so. true. That could be very different, but it's still yeah, proven that Randy yeah. was uh, mm-hmm. not a safe bet in the NFL. 
Honky, can you think of anybody else or Mac that you know you maybe thought should have went higher that that didn't ultimately having some good NFL careers? Levante David comes to mind immediately. Well, the 2012 draft, what would have been that one? That's an interesting one because you have Dennard goes way late, like seventh round, but that's because yeah. of basically off the field issues. At one point, he was projected to be a first rounder. And another guy that was projected to be a first rounder was Jared Crick. If he had left after his junior year, but he comes back right. for his senior year, tears his like pectoral muscle or whatever it was against uh, Ohio State. And I, I think that was it. I, I don't remember him coming back and playing for us again. And that affected his draft pit stock. So he fell down. And then obviously David is a guy in that same draft. That's all the 2012 draft. Um, David goes – Second round to the Buccaneers, and you know, look at the career that guy's had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a really deep draft. That is a really impressive uh, set of players there. Uh, others out of the Pelini era that um, either drafted uh, high or, or ultimately had a strong NFL career. Will Compton has had a really good career for himself. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think. Um, with Reds, I don't know if the Redskins drafted him. I know that's where he's been most recently, but he, you know, when we recruited him, he was he was a big time recruit. I remember mm-hmm. was this uh, not Eichhorst? What's the guy's name? Eckler. Eckler, Mike Eckler. You know, he was super super excited when we got him, and when he got here, he kind of had you know a little bit of an up and down career. He was he was okay, he was okay, but the the, the team just wasn't that great either. But man, he's he's carved out a really nice NFL career for himself. I would really like to uh, chime in here on the Will Compton. Uh, comments because Will Compton now currently plays for the Raiders. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Um, and I and he is another player. He was actually sitting with uh, Incognito in the restaurant. Uh, oh, good grief! That night Rob. that I met him and <laughs> another name drop. But um, but no, he was he was he was a super nice guy. Uh, See your cousin. He, no, he is not my cousin, but that, you're funny. But um, he had uh, 41 combined tackles, 15 assists, So, um, and he had a very solid season for the Raiders last year, um, was one of our main defensive uh, staples, and I'm looking forward to his 2020-2021 uh, because the Raiders will be in the Super Bowl um, season. <laughs> so. Here's a trivia question for you. Several years back, there was a year where – uh, the Redskins had four captains, and two of them were former Huskers, one of them being Compton. And who was the other? Dave? I would say it was Adam Carricker. No. Oh, uh, Niles Paul. Oh, yeah, Niles Paul. Yeah. Niles Paul, who ended up playing tight end in the pros. Uh, you know, obviously came here. He was the nephew, younger cousin of uh, Mon Green, one of the two. Nephew. Like, nephew. Yep. And, um, you know, obviously he was a four-star, big-time wide receiver kind of recruit for us, but he ended up – you know, bulking up and becoming a pretty successful tight end for quite a long time there. I want to bring up Adam Carricker, this guy that's probably from the Callahan era, but he had a very long-term NFL career and obviously is now a successful podcaster like us. Pretty similar resumes, really. <laughs> yeah. Is Amir Abdullah still uh, on a team? Yeah. I think he got re-signed. Re-signed with the Vikings, that is correct. You know, the Redskins, they liked the Huskers there for a while. I mean, you had like sure. Carricker. Spencer Long, Roy Hallou, Gomes. Yep. Roy Hallou's a guy that I thought could have had a better NFL career if he could have stayed a little healthier. I mean, he, I am he didn't have a bad career, but he, he, I liked him a lot. I liked him a lot coming out. And you know, a guy who Quincy Anun was kind of had a weird, good career out of yep. like not mm-hmm. being an incredible wide receiver in Nebraska. He's a pretty good wide receiver in the pros. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than his 99 yard touchdown against what, Georgia with yeah. Tommy Armstrong? Not fully um, utilized I, here in, in at Nebraska. Nunwell has a good NFL body and he's, uh, you know, leveraged that into a good paycheck. So I would also like to point out that one other um, former Husker who is now in the NFL, um, he was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys in 2016, but um, is mm-hmm. now another Oakland Raider. Oh, did Malik Collins go? Malik Collins did, did he get traded? He is now. Yeah, he is now a um, Oakland Raider, or I'm sorry, Las Vegas Raider. God, I'm gonna have to get used to saying that. And uh, yeah, he's and he was actually considered to be a big free agent signing uh, as a defensive tackle. So Malik had a, a very good career. I mean, he was down there with Gregory, and you know, Vincent Valentine had some success, at least short term, with uh, the Patriots. That was a heck of a, a D line that we had there for a, a period um, in the mid two thousand teens, I guess. You know, I think probably before we head out and talk about what we actually have in this year's draft and who, you know, who we hope gets drafted here in the, in the coming days. One of the players and one of the positions that I hold dear to my heart is that fullback spot and walk on Andy Janovich went out there to Denver. He was just traded this off season. Is he with Cleveland now? Yeah, I think he got traded to Cleveland, but uh, you know, he was a guy that really turned it into having a nice career and, and hopefully, you know, that he's got plenty of years left in him in the pros. Uh, so, Hockey, to your point of uh, looking forward to this year's draft, as this uh, podcast drops, I would hope to see Lamar Jackson, Cahill Davis, Carlos Davis, Darian Daniels all hopefully go here over the weekend, right? Yeah, definitely those four. And, and I mean, this is, I'm really holding out hope, too, for if even if it's a late seventh-round pick, but Muhammad Barry, I'd like to see him, but... I'm not quite as sure there, but I think those three D linemen you said for sure, and uh, Lamar. Lamar's been crazy, Mac. I mean, at one point he was projected at times last season. There was like Sporting News or someone even had him in the first round. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of progressively fallen down and down to now. You know, I'm hearing people saying fifth and sixth rounds. I think he impressed at the uh, at those Senior Bowls. He did well with that, but then his test times weren't great at the combine. And you know, when you're a, a skill position guy like that. There's a certain kind of base level that you're supposed to have for a 40 time. You can agree with it or not, but he was in the high, the mid four sixes and really need to be around a four, five, five to be considered that high. He, you know, you hear that he did that at his pro day, but those are usually handheld times anyway. I don't know how much weight those carry. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. You know, being those later round guys, it's always a matter of fit and need, right? So it's a chance he could go higher just based on a team that might have a need in that position. I, I feel the same way with. Khalil Davis, I, I would imagine he goes first, I think. And I, I, he might really be the surprise of, of this draft class for Nebraska. I think he could have a really good career once he gets in a, a defense that really suits him. So most NFL draft projections have um, Jackson going in the third or fourth round and uh, Davis going in anywhere from the sixth to the seventh round. So um, in in that regard, and most of the picks, and surprisingly, and I won't say the team that they have him going to, but um, I would favor it. Um, and Khalil Davis, a lot of people have him going like mid to mid, sixth or seventh round. You know, Mac, with Khalil, he had some phenomenal combine numbers, right? I mean, you just talked about how Lamar probably lost some stock in the NFL combine because of his 40 time. But uh, Hill Davis uh, had some huge numbers, right, with his reps, et cetera? His numbers were upper echelon with all the guys tested out. And it, with him, I think 
you know, it's been we've talked about on the show how many different coaches he's had and different systems you've had. You know, you can talk. So is Lamar, but Lamar's always played corner, and you, that doesn't necessarily change from defense to defense too much. The Davis boys were under underutilized here. It'll be interesting to see what they do, but they clearly have the athleticism to go and, and and contribute. So I think they'll do just fine once they get out there. Yeah. Well, I'm just happy we're gonna have uh, some some draft picks. I guess we're being presumptive here on the show, but maybe as you redcasters listen to this, we'll already know where Lamar and and the Davis brothers and maybe even Darian Daniels goes. So uh, enjoy the NFL draft. Uh, hopefully. You've enjoyed this uh, trip down Husker history memory lane here with all these draft picks. Let's get out of here with some uh, parting shots. Uh, Honky, what do you got for me? Well, first, I want to give a shout out and a huge thanks to Bill Lumen, uh, our brewmaster, the Redcaster brewmaster, uh, for creating a couple of outstanding. And I'm not, I'm not just like saying this because he's calling them after us. I mean, like I had, I tried four or five beers he's made. They are amazing. They are. Quite honestly, they're better than microbrew quality. I'm I'm totally amazed by him. But he uh, created the Max Blonde Moment Ale and Boomer's Brown Ale, and then uh, I I got a growler of the Boomer's Brown Ale with some coconut rum extract put into it. It's unbelievable. It is outstanding. So uh, Mac, when we can get back to doing some six feet distance, whatever, come on over and we'll, we'll share some of that and, uh, maybe record the next show doing that. But anyways, um, so thank you, Bill, man, we have picked a hell of a time to start a podcast, haven't we? I mean, we've done this for for three years and 13 wins, but then just to get games playing again would be outstanding. I, I, I'm terrified from the standpoint of, you know, the season, I really hope we, we can get a season in. I hope we can get a season where people can go and watch it. I want people to be safe, too. I mean, I don't want to push things just to push it, but it is just a crazy time. And so, Redcasters, we thank you guys for listening right now. We know the last couple of weeks have been weird shows because we're just not – there's not the same things to talk about. And we're, you know, and we've all been busy with lives and doing different things. But, uh, man, what a crazy time it's been. So, that's all I have. I guess stay safe. Continue to stay safe. Do the things you got to do. You know, let's hope that we can get this thing turned around and get some kind of normalcy back as soon as possible. I have no idea what you're talking about, Honky. That just completely out of the blue. I I really. Oh, you're talking about this whole coronavirus pandemic thing. Oh, I. I, Yeah, we went an hour and a half and didn't even talk about it. Good job. Good job. All right. uh, Mac, what's your shot? Yeah, I just want to echo what Honk said. It was nice enough to him for him to bring over a bottle, which I I finished moments later, and it was it was really good. So, Bill, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, my kids think I'm famous now, so that's kind of cool. I just let it ride. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, I have my own beer now. Yeah, oh, you didn't know I had my own beer? Yeah, it's it's whatever. So, it's since it's such a small world for them right now, I can totally own that narrative. <laughs> How many other dads have a beer named after? Them? Well, Daddy drinks. <laughs> Another dad that has a beard named after him is Boomer in his English brown L. Boomer. Yeah, if, if there's one thing the Redcast knows other than uh, sports, it is uh, booze. So we are uh, slight dabblers into that, and it is a quality beer there. So if you ever do get a chance to try any of his, the stuff he makes, it is it is excellent. So please go ahead and do that. And uh, like Honky said, it's, it's an odd time for everybody. I mean, if you go back and listen to some of the podcasts from the 1918 season, they had some of the same challenges we did. But uh, we'll get through this together, Redcasters. So uh, keep doing what you're doing. Stay safe and uh, go Big Red.
those uh, hobby radio uh, guys back in 1920 sure sure knew what they were doing. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I, I had a great time going through some. Do, do we wait, wait, Dave? Do we give anything to Rob? Does he? Get no, a I'm not going to. Oh. All right, and a parting shot to Red Cat hey, Rob. Rob. Got to be some names he can drop. Yeah, who do you want to yeah. name drop for your parting shot? <laughs> Please tell us more about the Raiders. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> I think that was a mic drop, not a hot take. All right, guys. Great stuff. Uh, had a good time. Hopefully the Red Cashers enjoy this kind of NFL draft Husker history and uh, I'm sure we'll be back soon. For now, let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Red. Pro Big Red. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>